Friends, uh, yesterday, um, Kim and I got back with 21 students from uh, a Habitat for Humanity spring break trip in Florida. And so I wanted to uh, share just a couple experiences from that and how I think they uh, connect with the story of the Transfiguration in our gospel, as well as kind of our Lenten journey uh, thus far. The first point is just the, the difficulty, the arduousness of the journey up the mountain toward God. Though our transfiguration story is about Jesus accompanying Peter, James, and John up the mountain to have this incredible uh, experience of sort of God's glory, uh, in hopes, I think, that it would help sustain them uh, through the difficulty of journeying uh, through Jesus's passion and crucifixion. And so just any journey up the mountain, right? The mountain is symbolic in biblical literature and often um, uh, ancient uh, religious literature for just moving up toward God, for moving up toward the peak of, of human and moral and spiritual perfection. But that journey is really hard, right? It's arduous. It's a difficult journey. I was thinking of the drive we had yesterday because if you were following the national weather, you saw that uh, there was a big snowstorm that hit uh, Kentucky and Tennessee yesterday. And uh, we kind of knew about it, but I, you know, I was like, ah, no problem. We'll get right through this thing. Well, uh, it was a real problem. Uh, it turned a 16-hour drive into over 20. And at one point, we were literally on 75 North, stuck on the road with, it was just this line of cars. No one could move because the ice and snow had compiled. And it's like they don't know what plow trucks are down in Tennessee. They've never seen them before. So nothing salted or plowed. And so we were just stuck on the road. The students just all of a sudden broke out into the Hail Mary because they were very fearful because I was driving. <laughs> uh, and we could not see anything and we were stuck there. Uh, and eventually, for four hours, we drove like six miles an hour, uh, following like semis through this zone. So I'm surprised we made it back alive, to be honest. Um, but we did, and but uh, I don't know. We I, during this four hours, I was asking the students what I should talk about in this homily today, and they said, "Well, compare uh, this drive to going up the mountain." I thought, "Well, that's pretty good." Amazing they come up with good ideas in these moments. Uh, but the idea of just the arduousness of the journey, uh, right? All of us have mountains to climb, various points uh, in our life. And, so, and I, as I've mentioned before, I sometimes think we're very naive uh, about the arduousness of the journey up to the mountain of God. I think we, we sometimes think that... Um, that our relationship with God at the heights, the peak of moral and spiritual perfection, should be any different than the journey up the mountain to any other kind of human perfection. Right? We know that to become a master at something, an expert at something, to reach the heights of something, deny it, require a ton of self-denial, require a ton of sacrifice, require a ton of mastery of whatever it is. And sometimes I think we think with God that that's not the case. And Lent is the reminder every year, right, of this built-in time where we're supposed to grow in the things uh, that we're neglecting. We're supposed to detach ourselves from the unhealthy attachments that we have. 
We're supposed to grow in love of God and neighbor in a really focused, uh, singular way. And so it's just a reminder for us, right, that that journey up the mountain of God uh, is an easy one. And to be honest, it reminded me, too, of the journey up Mount Tabor in the Holy Land. If you've been to Israel, you go visit the site of the Transfiguration, which is uh, up Mount Tabor. And the drive is uh, treacherous. Right? I thought I was going to see God's glory that day because I thought I was going to die on the drive up the mountain because it's this zigzag road almost up like a 90-degree angle up the mountain. And the drivers there, just they just fly through this stuff. Um, and so I was reminded, too, of just as we got to the top of Mount Tabor, again, a further uh, symbolic expression of the arduousness on the difficulty of the journey up the mountain of God. So embrace that. Uh, embrace that. There's no other path to get there. There's no other path to get to our moral and spiritual striving for, for, for perfection in union with God and radical love of neighbor than going up the hard mountain. But the second lesson is equally and more important, which is that we do not go up that mountain alone. And in fact, we can't go up that mountain alone. Jesus goes up with us, right? Peter did, you know, Jesus could have just sent Peter, James, and John up that mountain alone. He didn't have to go, right? He didn't necessarily have to go, but he goes with them. He accompanies them up the mountain. And so the, the, the equally important part of the arduousness of climbing the mountain toward God is the fact that Jesus comes with us. He walks with us and he gives us the necessary tools uh, to be able to do it. I was thinking along these lines of, uh, of a story from the trip that we had this 82-year-old uh, 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 woman, Martha, who was kind of like uh, one of our big volunteers for the week uh, and helped us with things. And she was telling us the stories we were painting this house. Um, she said that at the age of 70, she decided to do an Ironman. Okay. Now, if you know an Ironman, an Ironman's over a two-mile swim, uh, it's over a 100-mile bike ride, and then it's a full marathon, 26.2-mile run in about in a day, in a 17-hour uh, time span. And she had been like 68. She was in good shape, and her, her doctors had done like a scan, and they said, your lungs are like a 16-year-old's. And she's like, okay, I better do something with this. So she decided to train for an, for an Ironman. And so she did all this fundraising stuff for Habitat, and each mile was she got sponsors to contribute so she could give the Habitat, and she trained, and all these things. And so she does, she starts the Ironman, and it gets to about 10 p.m., and you got to finish by midnight. And the race director starts going around on a golf cart to the people still running the marathon and starts saying, hey, based on your pace, like you're not going to make it by midnight, so you might as well stop because you're not going to be able to complete the race in time. And every person just would stop. So they, the race director gets to uh, Martha. Now, if you talk to Martha this week, she is not one to uh, quit something she has set her mind to. And so the race director says, you might as well quit. You're not going to finish this by midnight. And she had some choice words for this race director. She said, I have trained for this. I have all these sponsors. I'm finishing this thing, whether you like it or not. And this race director was so inspired. This race director was a very fit person. The race director got off the golf cart and decided to run the rest of the, the race with Martha until she finished it at some early hours uh, in the morning. I was thinking about that in terms of like 
that race director accompanying Martha through the arduousness of the final legs of the journey. And that's what Jesus does with Peter, James, and John up the mountain today. It's what he does with us, right, by his presence in our life. We never can go up the mountain alone. We can't make it. We can't endure it. But with his grace, we can. And he promises all sorts of things to help us to do that, right, that are sort of present in that story of the transfiguration. He promises us the gift of the law and the prophets that show up in the embodiment of Moses and Elijah, right, that he gives us the law to guide us as kind of guideposts on our journey. He gives us the prophets as prophetic voices, right, to speak truth into our lives and to challenge us and to, to help us to grow in our complacency. He gives us his voice, right, the voice that speaks out of the cloud there, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. He gives us the voice of, of God in the scriptures, right? He gives us his physical presence, right, in, in the Eucharist and in the sacraments, just like he walked up uh, that mountain with Peter, James, and God. He gives us light, just like the light that dazzled the clothes of Jesus up the mountain. He gives us the light of our own conscience. He gives us the light of the Holy Spirit. He gives us the light of other people's witness to us to help guide us up the mountain. Right? All sorts of things Jesus accompanies us with as we climb the arduous mountain uh, toward God. We climb lots of mountains on this earth, but ultimately we want to climb the mountain of God, the mountain toward heaven, which St. Paul says in our second reading, our full citizenship. Right? We belong in, a, in an exclusive way to heaven, and that's our ultimate goal. That's the ultimate mountain that we want to climb. The Lenten experience uh, is meant to help us journey toward that. I always love the little tidbit from the Transfiguration, our, our Old Testament prof at the seminary. He always would, as we were going through the book of Numbers, and you find out that Moses was banned by God from, um, from inheriting the promised land with the people. He had, he had sort of uh, misled them at various points in the desert. And so at the end of the book of Numbers, he says, listen, you misled my people, and so you have forfeited the right to get into the promised land with, with my people. And so he says, you will die right on the brink of going into the promised land. You're going to have to watch the people go into the promised land without you. And he sends Joshua to lead the people. But my prophet always say, how do we know that though Moses didn't reach the earthly promised land, that he reached the heavenly one? Of course, we know that from the transfiguration. He shows up with Elijah and with God's voice to speak to Jesus. We know he's with God, and so though he found the arduousness of the climb toward the earthly promised man extremely difficult, and it revealed his deficiencies and his weaknesses, ultimately, right, he was able uh, to be admitted into the heavenly promised land. And so though we struggle with our own difficulties up the mountain of God, which are revealed to me in Lent, like, I'm, we're a week and a half into Lent, and I am sick and tired of Lent already. I've, I've already broke one of my promises. I'm a disaster on a few others. I rationalized it by saying on a mission trip, promises don't, don't matter. Because I have to deal with 21 college students, and I can break whatever promises I've made to myself. But that is a pure rationalization and not particularly healthy. And I would not emulate it in your own lives. I'm just revealing my own problems. Right? But Lent... Lent bring, shows us, if we take Lent seriously, Lent shows us how difficult the, the climb uh, up the mountain is. It reveals 
our, our weaknesses and our attachments, our unhealthy attachments. But let's know that uh, we don't do it alone. We do it with the help of God's grace, who constantly gives us his presence in all sorts of ways that help us to climb the mountain of God. Uh, and so these two simple truths today, the arduousness of the journey, let's embrace it. There is no spiritual and moral perfection without it. We need Lent. We need to climb the mountain of God with seriousness and with, uh, with all the, 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 the vigilance and the diligence that we can climb it with. But the second truth is much more important. We don't do it alone. We do it with each other as a community of faith. But ultimately, we do it by the power of God's Spirit.